and welcome to Fire John Air episode 25. I am Ian Lynch and what you just heard there was the Chieftains playing the tune on Fishluck or as they translated it, the wet quim. No doubt most of you will have already heard about the sad passing of Paddy Maloney just six days ago and usually when it comes to things like this I find it kind of safer just to read out other things that people have written about someone who's passed away I I don't know what it is I think I'm just always conscious of saying the wrong thing or not saying the right thing but it's something I've become aware of but in this case I just want to say a bit about Paddy Maloney Um, like it's very very hard to overstate the impact that this man had in the world I think he was such an amazing ambassador for Irish music Um, you'll probably remember the clip I played a couple of episodes ago and it was Paddy Maloney and some other members of the Chieftains playing in Frank Zappa's gaff along with Zappa and a group of Mongolian throat singers. And to me, that's that's kind of like what the Chieftains were all about. And the fact that they could do that without really diluting the music. You know, I heard a story that he steadfastly resisted adding guitars to the group at any time, you know. I think the Chieftains were very much his vision and from what I know he did most of the arranging of the tracks and it's that very distinctive style of arrangement that you can hear going right through from Planksty to the Botty Band uh, up through the big kind of trad bands of the 90s and up to nowadays with groups like um, Skipper's Alley and the Bonnie Men such an amazing distinctive sound like that big trad ensemble sound um but i really really loved paddy's pipe playing um sadly there's not so many examples of his solo piping i know he was urged to make a solo piping record for years but never got around to it for whatever reason but there's this recording of him playing on um, an album called the drones and chanters of irish pipering and the tune he played was bumper squire jones i played it on a very early episode but i don't care it's amazing and i'm gonna play it again Bumper Squire Jones. Thank you. 
and that was Paddy Maloney playing with the great Mike Oldfield and band back in 1983 in Munich, Germany. Again, displaying that musical adventurousness that I mentioned earlier. So, I've been thinking a lot recently about the distinctions between folk music and traditional music, and I've always felt a lot clearer about traditional music and what it is. Um, I think that when traditional music is played, there's a certain degree of conservatism that is desirable and indeed necessary for the music to be carried on in an authentic manner. Um, I think there is a certain traditional core that should be adhered to so that the music stays integral. And I think that sometimes this way of thinking gets carried over to the arrangement of like folk music when people are in so-called folk groups there is um, a tendency for them to maybe sometimes ex- like have this idea that there's a certain paradigm that stuff should be played in but all it really is is accepting like the innovations of a past generation like there's certain innovations that were made over the years with various like folk groups using elements of the tradition obviously but not being traditional in itself does that make sense um like basically i think once you move outside of playing traditional music like it's totally open what you want to do the only limits are your own aesthetical tastes um so i love it when just people just go out there and just do exactly what they want with the music and that's exactly what i hear sticking the wheel doing uh, like more and more so over the years like I've always thought they were amazing but like this latest release Tone Beds for Poetry they've put out is just it's just phenomenal there's such a a varying like sound on the album lots of different elements coming in and I think they're just not hampered by anybody's idea of what should and shouldn't be done because it's not going to be traditional anyway once you move beyond just being like a, a solo player on a traditional instrument it's not going to be traditional anyway so just do whatever you want with the music it's grand um, so I want to play a couple of tracks off their latest one because it's just it's bleeding phenomenal um, this next track is called The Cuckoo and after that I'm going to play a song called Weirds Broke It Brings us 
sticking the wheel there with a track called Weirds Broke It. The weird in this case being an Anglo-Saxon word which refers to something like fate or the way things turn out or ultimately death. And it comes from a poem called The Rune. Um, apparently the poem describes a deserted Roman city somewhere in England, probably Bat or Aquae Sulis as it was once known. But um, anyway, Tone Beds for Poetry is the name of that release. Get your hands on it. So up next, I want to play the audio of a video I found online. This was on the Folklore.ie Facebook page, which is maintained by Wexford-based folklorist Michael Fortune. The song is called My Uncle Dan McCann, and it was performed in May 1929 by a young boy called Dennis Donahue. In the video, he's sitting by a stream, fishing or pretending to fish, and by the prompting of the man behind the camera, has to sing the song about five times in a row. It's pretty hilarious. But the amazing thing about this, like um, as Michael pointed out in the notes, this was recorded 92 years ago in 1929. And the first line of the song, he talks about his uncle leaving the county Galway about the year of 61. And this blew my mind, but like, so he's talking about 1861, obviously. So between 1861 and 1929, it was only a time of like 68 years. So it was actually closer in time to the year in the song than we are to him now. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that blew my mind. Anyway, the song is called My Uncle Dan McCann. I've lately wandered over here to search for me Uncle Dan. He left the county Galway in the year of 51. Where he's gone to, I don't know. I've searched this country high and low. But back to Galway, I can't go without me Uncle Dan. Have you seen me Uncle Dan McCann? Typical bit of a Galway man He came out to the USA in the year of 51 Well if any thou neighbours living here Seen or heard of him anywhere You'd oblige me if you'd help me find me Uncle Dan McCann Let me tell you of me Uncle Dan By God he was a mighty man he swam the river Liffey twice a day And he ran three rounds of the Phoenix Park He could dance and sing just like a lark And he wasn't afraid to go home in the dark Me Uncle Dan McCann Have you seen me Uncle Dan McCann? Typical bit of a Galway man He came out to the USA in the year of 51 Well if any thou neighbours living here Seen or heard of him anywhere You'd oblige me if you'd help me find me Uncle Dan McCann
very prosperous Yankee man. He holds a seat in Congress and he's leader of his clan. He's helped to write America's laws, his heart and soul in Ireland's cause. And God help the man who opened his jaws to me, Uncle Dan McCann. So here's to me, Uncle Dan McCann, typical bit of a Galway man. And he fought all through the Civil War back in 61. He was supple and limber in every joint. He wasn't afraid of the bayonet's point. He belonged to the fight in 69. Me, Uncle Dan McCann. So here's to me, Uncle Dan McCann, typical bit of a Galway man. And he came out to the USA in the year of 51. Well, if any dull neighbours living here, seen or heard of him anywhere, you'd oblige me if you'd help me find me, Uncle Dan McCann. And that was a full version of the same song sung by Mick Maloney, who is an absolute authority on the songs of Irish America. You should check out some of his work, in particular his album McNally's Row of Flats. And that's especially for anybody who has made it to one of the Fire Drawn Air live shows over the last month and has had versions of that tune knocking around their head ever since. There's a brand new one just to add to the mix. So I just recently came across a description of a film called Manaw Nabib, Women of the Pipes. Um, this was a film made by Piper Louise Mulcahy from Limerick and it's all about the history of female illum pipe players. Um, I can f- see online that it was shown in the black box in Belfast. TG Carr had something to do with it. But for the life of me, I can't find any way to watch it online. I'm hoping this is something that changes because it looks like really amazing. So the blurb on the website tells us A trawl through the annals of Irish traditional music will quickly demonstrate that the Illin Pipes, one of our two national instruments, was almost completely dominated by players of the male sex throughout the 19th and 20th centuries. In this feature-length documentary film, we will follow renowned musician Louise Mulcahy on an exciting journey to uncover the neglected stories of a group of incredible female pipers that were airbrushed out of our cultural history. She will meet fellow musicians and scholars who will give her a greater insight into these women and the challenges that they faced during the testing times that they lived in, from the middle of the 19th century right up to the 1950s and beyond. Reconstructed scenes depicting the era and lives of some of the key characters add great visual interest throughout this documentary film. Incredible musical performances play homage to their lives and celebrate their brilliance. Meeting with family members and historical experts, as well as well-known performers and researchers, Louise unearths the astonishing stories of these remarkable women, who are never celebrated within the tradition, and in every way she will seek to give them the recognition they so richly deserve. So, despite not being able to see the film, I'm going to play a couple of tracks now from female pipers who do feature in the documentary, and first up is a recording of Moira Nigrada. Moira is from Cork and she's here playing a three-part jig called the Queen of the Rushes. Really deadly piping jig, which I'm very fond of myself. But this is from an album called The Piper's Rock that was made in 1978. Um, It features a lot of pipers you would recognise these days, like Jimmy O'Brien Moran, Gay McKeown, 
Ono Revy, um, Davies Balan, all playing, I suppose, at an early stage in their career. It's really interesting to hear. Um, I got it myself about 20 years ago in the ILAC library and ripped it onto my computer. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but I don't know either. I don't know where else you would find it. But um, anyway, here's Moira Grada, the Queen of the Rushes. <laughs> Thank you. 
that was Glasgow-based piper Sheila Friel, along with her sisters Anna and Claire, and they were playing the tunes The Humours of Ballylochlan, The Rakes of Clonmel and The Kilkenny Jig. Before that, you heard Louise Mulcahy herself playing with her sister Michelle and her father Mick, and that was from an album called Notes from the Heart, which came out in 2005. Up next is somebody we haven't heard from in quite a while, and you might have missed them. That's right. This is Lomax Does Ireland. So the last time we met with Alan Lomax, Robin Roberts and Seamus Ennis, they were in a letter Kenny and the date was February the 5th, 1951. The next day they were in Convoy, still in Donegal, and it was here that they recorded Mickey Doherty, brother to the perhaps more well-known Johnny Doherty. Johnny and Mickey were travellers living in Donegal, tinsmiths, storytellers and really like amazing fiddlers. Lomax's notes for the day record... To convoy with Doherty, recording fiddle tunes and fairy stories. Best day in Ireland. Stuck in snow on mountain, drive in blizzard. So this best day in Ireland line, it wasn't sarcasm because he was stuck in the snow on the mountains, I don't think. I think he was actually really taken by Doherty. Um, Roberts later remarked that Mickey was pure gold and this seems to be something that Lomax recognised himself he told plenty of stories about St. Colum Kill that day, and here is one about the saint cursing people who only put on one shoe. Or any of his miracles when he was travelling about. Or anything that he cursed. Well, um, there was one thing he cursed anyway. Was any person that would put on one shoe and the sock and lace it without putting on the other. Why was that, Mickey? Why did he curse that person? Well, it's because that when the enemy was after him, he happened to put on one shoe himself and the sock and he laced it and he hadn't on the other one when he was invaded. And then he had to run with one shoe on and the other off. And he was caught? And he was caught. So he cursed anyone that ever would put on one shoe before the other and lace it without putting on the two alike. I see. Mm. I heard that about him.
and they were the tunes Haste to the Wedding and My Match is Made. And it seems that Lomax was so taken by Doherty that he later employed him as a driver on his trip. I want to play a recording of another of Mickey's stories. This is a really well-known story um, about a musician with only one tune who has a bit of a run-in with the fairies, sometimes told about a piper, but in this case, about a fiddler. This is the story of the fiddler with only one tune. The fairies were very busy up there about Glenfin long ago, they tell me, Mickey. Oh, it was a great country for fairies. Was they were very good to the fiddlers, weren't they? Yes, and uh, there was one man lived in Glenfin. He was a fiddler. He was the name of Hearn, and he only had the one tune. And at that time, you know, fiddlers was very scarce. There was not like now. Fiddlers were very scarce, and if a man that time could play ever a tune at all, you know, he was appreciated. He was. No matter how he done it. But there was a wedding took place anyway near hand, and they sent for this man. And there was a big crowd to be there. But he picked up courage anyway, and he got the fiddle in order, and the poor fellow only had the one tune. Way he went to the wedding, and indeed his courage wasn't good. For he knowed he only had the one tune and he had a big crowd to meet and he didn't know how he was going to come out. But he was going along anyway in a very lonely part of the road where there was a lot of bushes. A very gentle place indeed. Mm-hmm. And there was some big rocks there too, you know, that was very wonderful looking. And yeah. Well, what do you mean by a gentle place, Mickey? Oh, it was full of fairies. Uh-huh. You see? Yes. It was full of fairies, this gentle place. But he was going along anyway and uh, he had his head stooped and he had the fiddle with him. The courage wasn't good, as he knew that he only had the one tune, but at the same time he didn't like to refuse. He thought he would go, to be kind. <laughs> so on he went anyway, and this spot that I'm telling you about, out come a wee red-haired man. So the wee red-haired man, he saluted him. Well, me young man, he says, he heading out for a journey? I am, he says. I'm going, he says, to wedding, he says, and... Indeed, he says, I don't care much for going, he says. I see, he says, you play the fiddle. Oh, I play the fiddle, he says, in a way, he says. Indeed, he says, in another way, I don't play it. He says, I only have one tune. So, he says, they're taking me to the wedding tonight, he says. Indeed, he says, I'm not going, he says, with great courage. What kind of a fiddle have you, says the wee man, says he. Show me her, he says, last year. So, the wee red-haired man catched the fiddle, and he looked at her, and he run his fingers across the fiddle, and that's what he done. So he handed her back to him again. Now he says, young man, he says, go you on to the wedding, he says, tonight. And there'll be no fiddle player like you there tonight, he says. You'll be as good, he says, as ever went into that same house that you're going to. By gosh, he had good courage then when he heard that. He had. Well, he went on to the wedding and there was a very big crowd. Of course, everyone knowed him and they knowed him surely to be a fiddle player that wasn't good, you know, and he only had the one tune. The neighbours all knowed him. But they had a seat prepared for him when he went in. He took his seat. They all got out to dance, and that was the fiddle player. There weren't a fiddle player in all Ireland like him, and there wasn't a tune of a hundred tunes but he had. Everyone wondered and everyone joined to speak about him, and where did he get the music under God? So here he played away, and he was just, I'll tell you what he was doing, he was raising the roof of the house with music. Was. Everyone wondered, so when the wedding was over, he went home, and... Uh, he was the greatest fiddle player was in Ireland. 
So he was great all along, his whole life he was great all along, the fiddling was taking away many places to play, was very good, until he took death. So then he wasn't able to, of course, to folly up the fiddle much longer. The fiddle was hung on the wall above his head, for he was lying. And the minute he, just the minute he departed, that he died, the fiddle let a crack on the wall, and she went away in a hundred bits. Very strange. Wasn't that strange? Well, of course it was the fairies doing that, you know. Twice. They didn't allow any other one to get the fiddle, because she was enchanted. Yeah. This fairy enchanted him. He remained, he remained the best violinist, wasn't he, Adam? And his name was all over the world. Wasn't that very strange how that was done? It was very strange. So just that's all the fairy done. Three times. I see. Oh, he says, go on, he says, my good man, he says, you will be the best fiddle player, he says. And that crowd the night, he says, indeed, he says, there'll be no lucky, he says, go ahead, he says, and pick up, he says, courage. Don't be afraid, he says, to play anywhere over the world, he says, after that. Have you ever heard uh, the tune, Mickey, that this man played? I did indeed. I heard the tune. Well, play us a couple of bars of it. I'll now. play you a couple of bars of it. It, it. it was the greatest reel I ever heard. Yeah. It well, was a fairy, of course, learned him that. Yeah, well, we'll be glad to hear it now. so that's almost it for this month um, I should probably tell you a bit about the album that just came out Fire Drawn Air an anthology of Irish traditional song and music um, what can I say about this album I'm really delighted with how it turned out it's been going really well the vinyl all sold out as a friend of mine told me before it even went up on Discogs um, <laughs> so all the vinyl's gone I think you can still get some of the vinyl in some shops if you're in Ireland or especially Dublin give me a shout I might be able to sort you out with that um, I've got a very very small amount of CDs and a couple of LPs so if you don't want to pay the exorbitant Brexit VAT costs and the postage costs from the UK give me a shout and I'll sort you something out um, the live gigs have been going really well if you didn't get a chance to see them I might be doing one in Dublin before the end of the year I'll certainly be doing some more anyway I'm going to close things out with the Cradle of Filth. Um, this month, the tune in question is from Jelly Roll Morton, who started off his musical career playing piano and singing songs in a brothel in New Orleans at the tender age of 14. This one is called The Dirty Dozen, or as I like to refer to it, Your Mammy Don't Wear No Drawers. Right, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Take care of yourselves out there, and till next time... Good luck.
this is a dirty dozen. I really think this originated in Chicago. I heard this tune about 1908 when I happened to be in Chicago. It seems like uh, Chicago had been uh, started to be a beginning to be a freakish center. like there was a lot of sayings about what different people would be doing in an uncultured way and the sex appeal. So I heard that song then. Home, you dirty motherfucker, the old cocksucker, you dirty son of a bitch, you bastard, you everything, and your mama don't wear no drawers. Yeah, she did me this, you did me that, you did your father, you did your mother, you did everybody, you come to cause your mammy don't wear no drawers, that's the dirty dozen, all the dirty loving dozen, the dirty dozen, yeah, your mammy don't wear no drawers. I know the dirty bitch would fuck. 
up front cause your mammy don't wear no drawers. I went one day out to the lake. I seen your mammy fucking a snake. All she tried, she tried to shake. All she shook, shake on the cake. Mammy don't wear no drawers. Diddle 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 diddle